And welcome to another edition of Inside the Program, brought to you by InsideTexas.com. I'm your host, Justin Wells, and with me, as always, on Fridays is Eric Nalene, the managing partner at InsideTexas.com. Hey, please, please like and subscribe to the Inside Texas Football YouTube channel. We are so close to 6,000 subs. Be that 6,000. Be that guy. We need you. We, we love what we're building here. This thing is growing faster than we could have imagined. Please like and subscribe. You know, Eric, you know, at this point in the year, there's not a whole lot of information. But if you go to InsideTexas.com, that's not the case. Uh, there was a massive team uh, humidor posted this morning from yourself and, and, and me. And and it looked, you know, th- there's a lot of good stuff coming out of the program early. And I, I get it. They've only been back at it for, what, almost two weeks. But uh, th- there's some there's some notable things to talk about. First things first, though, we're going to talk about Billy Glasscock, the yeah. player personnel man headed. To, to, to Ole Miss. We're going to talk about early standouts that we're hearing about within the program. Generally, you know, those new freshmen and those portal uh, guys that, that, that came in in January. And then the future of the offensive line, because I think we can all see that this next year is going to be like their big year. The, the, the year that all those talented guys, the cohesive unit kind of does their thing. And there needs to be a succession going into 2025 when Arch takes the reins. And so I think that's a very important subject. We're going to start it off with Billy Glasscock. Just tell the fans, Eric, how big is this move? And, and what is Lane Kiffin doing poaching from his good buddy Sark? Man, that caught me by surprise. You know, I knew that people were coming after Glasscock and people have been coming after Brandon Harris. You know, Texas Success Recruiting is going to uh, going to motivate schools to come after their, their guys. That's what happens when, you, when you're successful. Look what happens to all these uh, quality NFL uh, teams. Their, their coordinators get poached. It's the first thing that what happened. That's what happens. So. You know, it's to be expected with the success. Now, I was surprised about Glasscock to a degree. I had heard that he was, uh, you know, pretty happy at Texas, but I did hear that people were making it, making a run at him. Um, I was surprised that it was Ole Miss. You know, like you said, Kiffin and uh, and Sark have a have a kinship going back twenty years. Uh, so maybe, you know, maybe Texas should have gone after their D line coach after all. We we uh, we said that they wouldn't go after Randall Joyner just because of that relationship. You know, maybe Sark uh, maybe Sark will rethink that in the future, but. You know, Glasscock did good good work for the uh, for the program. He was good at identifying talent. I think he was, uh, you know, part and parcel with Stark as the GM of the program with the overall vision for for roster building. So he played an integral part. But there's a lot of guys out there that can do that, and there's probably a lot of guys within the building that can do that that have been waiting their turn. Uh, now I think we have to you know wait and see what Brandon Harris does. He's being a little cryptic. I think he changed up his uh, social media stuff. Now I heard in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know what he's doing there, but you know, I heard in, in the middle of January they locked him up. I think Alabama was coming after him, probably some others as well, just like Glasscock. So, you know, we'll see. It's an important part of the whole whole process, but there's there's a lot of people that can do that job. You know, it's just like a recruiting coordinator to build up drama on Twitter. Like it's like we haven't seen it before. You know, you like the, you think he's waiting on an edit? You think he's waiting on an edit? I promise you, he's remember, waiting on an edit. Remember commitment videos? We'd have to wait a week and a half. A kid would commit, and then a week and a half would transpire, and then they'd either commit or not. By that time, everybody found out the video was coming out, and they got them off to commit. And then they, they would film a video, and they wouldn't commit to the school. They changed their mind and do it again. Oh, the alternate, good old alternate endings. Oh my, that was the 2020 class. That was yes. uh, Oh my god, it's terrible. I'm kind of glad they've gotten away from that. I got to be totally honest with you because you and I had, had discussions in the in the late 2010s about we need to hire a videographer. <laughs> Yeah, we need to get in this type of business. God, it was lame. Yeah, I, I, no, no question. Uh, but I'm with you. I think Glasscock did a really good job. I, I, I think th- he was stable 
in, in that room uh, yeah. of talented guys. And, and like you said, I think that this could be an in-house promotion. Uh, so we're going to, we're going to find out either edit wise or Twitter, Twitter rise or, or through our sources wise, we're, we're going to get that. So be sure and check it out at InsideTexas.com right now. Um, let's pay the bills and let's give lots of love to our man, Andre, the lawyer. Listen, you don't want to have to call this guy, but if you do, if you're injured, if you're in a car wreck, if you've got a slip and fall, an 18-wheeler accident, on-the-job injuries, wrongful deaths, Andre the lawyer is the guy you need to call. This is a lifetime Longhorn, but he helps all people from all places. Uh, a really big con- uh, helper at, at Inside Texas. We always loved uh, his business and, and his insight. Andre is a really good guy, and whenever you find yourself in a position where you, you need a lawyer, Andre's the guy you need to call. 214-444-8808. That's Andre the Lawyer at 214-444-8808. If you get stuck, call Andre the Lawyer. He's going to help you out. And uh, he, he, he just does it. He just does it big, guys. All right. Early standouts. And granted, it's only been a couple weeks, but you can glean things from, 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 from the early, the early, the early guys. You know, who arrives early? Who puts in the extra rep? Who stays a little bit later? Those are those are data points to me of who's going to be successful in 2024 and beyond in a Texas fo- in, in the program. And so uh, earlier today, like I said, you posted a really good team humidor. What were some of the just some of the notes without giving away all the goodies? What were some of the early notes of, of early standouts? Well, we posted it. It wasn't me. It was, that was us. That was the team, as always, on that. Uh, well, I, let's start with a name that you added, just to highlight the point uh, how much you help on that. Uh, Tia Savea. I thought that was a big one that you added just because, hey, that guy's going to play a whole lot this year. Yeah, Savea, you know, you hear you, you hear that um, he comes in with a very business-like attitude. And even in weights, he has an intensity about him. Uh, and, 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 you know, it, it's funny because, you know, that's a Johnny Nansen special came from UCLA, came from Arizona. Nansen knows exactly who this guy is. He's already made an impression, according to sources within the program, on, on some of those uh, defensive players. You know, he's in the, a certain pod that, 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 that they lift weights with. But it's not just the weightlifting. It's also the running. This is a guy that goes 100 percent. And I think. You know, sometimes with these early portal guys, I think they want to make a good impression, obviously, on the coaches, but also they want to earn respect of the players in that locker room and the teammate. The quicker you earn that that trust from those guys, I think the quicker this thing builds and, and becomes even more of a culture uh, phenomenon, just especially with Sarkin guys. And, and Savea is a guy, he's strong. They said he's got some old man strength. He's very professional. Uh, he, he comes to the job with kind of an intensity and a focus. It, it's almost as like he knows this could be a big year for him if he wanted to go to the NFL draft next year. Almost we talk about the, the de facto contract year. Savea's got something to prove. He wants to make sure the Texas coaches and the Texas players understand He's there for business. Well, Nansen obviously had the inside track on the eval there. So, you know, I was wondering if they brought him in just because the need was so, so big. You know, obviously they need defensive tackles after losing two that are going in the first round. Uh, And so, you know, his his strength is what stands out to me because they're going to have to play the run. Uh, Another ones that we added was the young defensive backs. We talked about uh, Filsamy, Xavier Filsamy, the five-star or borderline five-star, depending on what network you see. Uh, (laughs) And then Wardell Mack. Uh, Wardell Mack has that business-like attitude. You know, he's hungry, got good football character. He's hitting the ground running. Uh, feels to me he's still a bit raw, but we're hearing that he's eager uh, and very fast out there on the field. Uh, you know, you want those early traits that you can see on tape to be realized uh, when they get to the program because that's going to tell you that 
Yeah, all right, they've got that covered. That, we nailed that easy part of the eval, but, but well, what else is out there? Uh, and that ties into Ryan Wingo. We've both heard gl uh, glowing things on Wingo. We know he's big, fast, and strong. That was guaranteed to translate to co uh, college. There's little doubt about that. But one thing that's adding some upside to him uh, relatively early in his career is his route running. We both heard that he's out there. Uh, he's got the agility, the quickness, the ability to sink his hips, get in and out of breaks. Uh, and for a bigger guy, he's looking like a little guy when it comes to running routes. Yeah, and, and you know, you know, the big thing in, in, in college are miles per hour. And, and right now, Ryan Wingo is surprisingly up on that chart. I believe Isaiah Bond might be near the top, but I, I was surprised to hear Wingo like right underneath him. And I, I shouldn't be surprised, rather, but you know, I just don't expect a true freshman to come in there and, and have that type of speed. And, and Wingo's shown that, Isaiah Bond's shown that, and that that's the that's the fun part of 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 the early standouts. You know, there are going to be guys that 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 really um, that really you know make an impression on a lot of these guys, and so and and that's what they want to do. They want to come in and let guys understand that this is. This is what they want to see. So um, let's shift to the future of the offensive line. There's a lot here. And I, I want to say this is this year is the culmination of Kyle Flood's vision when he arrived in Austin. This is you're seeing all the development of that class of 2022 that was was here. Remember the protecting arc guy, arc arch guys, even though they, they were about a year ahead. And you had guys like, you know, Cam Williams and, and Kelvin Banks and, and DJ Campbell. These are all guys that are, are looking to take that next step. Obviously, Banks is there, you know. And then we heard the name Kyle Flood just floated out for the new Boston College head coaching job after Jeff Halfley took the defensive coordinator position in Green Bay, headed to the NFL. Uh, that was quickly refuted. And, and give us a little bit of detail on, on what we had written this morning about Flood and, and kind of why he is exactly where he wants to be and how he's now looking at sort of not just 2024, but they're already kind of building towards the secession to 2025. Uh, you know, we get asked every offseason which coaches uh, would look to go elsewhere. Uh, and so we refuted this one long before it even came up and there was a, a direct need to refute it, or at least, uh, you know, there's a rumor floating out there. Now that guy that floated that rumor was floating out some pretty wild names. So, I, you know, I kind of took it with a grain of salt, but we, you know, did some homework on it. And, you know, Flood's not going anywhere, just as we suspected and how, how we'd written a lot uh, many times. He's already been a head coach. He kind of, he crossed that line off the bucket list. Uh, he's well compensated. He's put down roots in Austin. He's got kids in, uh, in school in Austin. Um, you know, he's happy with, with where he's at. Plus, he's got the sweat equity put inside the, put into the program that he hasn't even seen fully realized yet. And I think this is the year we start to see uh, the rebuild fully take shape. There's been some growing pains along the way, but it's been a steady climb. Uh, this season, even though there's still some uncertainty about how the, the, the starting five are going to shake out, he knows he's got a, enough pieces to work with to put together a, a highly functioning line. Well, if you'll remember, even I think we wrote last year, Flood really their mission was to find six or seven guys they can depend on. Seven like or eight. They, seven or eight. Yeah. Seven or eight. Seven or eight that they could depend on. That, that that they know that they're not gonna, you know, lose a step once they, they bring in a guy or rotate a guy. Now we're hearing that number might be 10. Like they, that that's the depth that he's built there. And and he wants to be able to go too deep, literally. He wants to have that too deep be something he can rely on. And, and you know, you have guys like Hayden Connor, who, who might be playing some right tackle this year until Cam Williams takes that spot. They're, they're, they're going to make Cam earn it. You've got guys like Cole Hudson, who can play a number of, of interior positions from left guard, center to right guard. And I thought it was interesting hearing about DJ Campbell. He's kind of taking on this, this, this motivated role that he'd like to be in the 2025 NFL draft, Eric. This is a guy, and, and that's, that shouldn't necessarily surprise people, but 
DJ Campbell is making it a mission to, to, to get reconditioned, to get in better shape. Yeah. And there was one guy who really looked good in the senior bowl that's really made an impression on these guys. And that was Christian Jones. This is a guy that last year rededicated himself, similar to Quinn Ewers and a handful of other players, to eat better, to get in better shape, to, you know, to, to take care of your body, to, to, time, to manage your time better. Christian Jones did that. Now he's making more money this last week in Mobile, Alabama. Yeah. Jones, you know, Jones always did the right thing, but he came back with a, with even more purpose. He could have gone to the NFL and been a sixth, seventh round draft pick probably, maybe, you know, or maybe a prioritized undrafted free agent. He didn't like his draft grade. And he said, if he's coming back, he's going to go even harder than he's gone before. And uh, I think that really rubbed off in that, in that room, you know, that, that room's actually pretty fortunate to have the leadership. It has Jones, Kelvin Banks, and of course, Jake Majors is probably the de facto number one leader, uh, which is, you know, you kind of expect that out of your center, but, you know, I'm very, I'm very curious to see how it all shakes out. I think Cole Hudson having a full spring is going to be really big for him. I, you know, I think he's the favorite at left guard. Uh, he'll be pushed by Neto, of course, and then you know, there's always the slight chance they look to uh, to build depth at center. We saw what happened when uh, Jake Majors got hurt versus OU. Right. Uh, so they do, you know, it's Connor uh, Connor Williams, not Connor Williams, uh, oh, Robertson. Yeah, Connor Robertson, ready to go, uh, full go if something happens to Majors. Uh, so they do need to make sure that, you know, the backup uh, to center is, is good to go in, in, in the case of, uh, you know, majors getting hurt. But then right tackle is going to be the one everybody watches because everybody's going to look at Hayden Connor and see his struggles at time at right guard and think that he's going to struggle even more at left tackle when his struggles at right guard were because he couldn't anchor as well as he should have. Uh, and he was good in pass pro. So that actually makes for a better right tackle than it does a guard. Cam Williams, can he get quick enough to, uh, to go against the quicker guys in the program? And Colin Simmons is going to test that out frequently. Uh, in, in spring practice. So, you know, they can't just hand, the, hand it over to, to Cam Williams. That's not how it works. If you, if you just give it to him, he'll never maximize. So he's going to have to take it, and I think he's going to have to take it from Hayden Connor. There are two names I'm going to give you on the offensive line, younger guys that that, that we had heard through sources that, that, that look good. And we had known one already, and we kind of had an idea of the other. But I want you to dive in a little bit more on Trevor Goosby and Brandon Baker and kind of what we're hearing on both those guys because – I have a feeling those might be your anchor tackles in the next few years. Yeah, well, you know, you and I are hearing the same things on both of them. Uh, you know, Gooseby, Gooseby goes back to that mindset, the worker mindset that we talk about is so important to understanding when they first come into the program. He had it upon arrival. You know, he even though he arrived late, he wasn't he was the only he wasn't he was the only non-early enrollee for that class. Right. Uh, but he was working the whole time, the whole offseason. You know, he kind of had he had that hunger knowing that he was missing out on being in Austin. Uh, he's, he works incredibly hard. Um, and he's got the mindset that people know he's going to be a good player. It's not a question of whether or not he will be a good question, uh, a good player. It's just a matter of when he's going to be a good player. He's got to get bigger and stronger still, uh, which leads to Brandon Baker. Uh, Brandon Baker is kind of a similar player, maybe even a better athlete, uh, as far as it translates to offensive line right. than Goosby. Um, but he's got to get stronger too. But both of those guys are very hungry and very driven. Uh, and you don't have to worry about them becoming good players. It's just a matter of how fast they can do it. And the work ethic is going to put them on a quicker path than most players. Yeah, Baker, the thing I, I hear from ba about Baker is, you know, he, he's a better athlete than people were expecting. He obviously has well, to. I don't know what the hell they were expecting because he looks like he looked ridiculous on tape. I mean, it looks like Kelvin Banks on tape. Well, I think they might be used to seeing guys like a like a Trevor Gooseby who can do a two handed windmill dunk. And so that athleticism bar might be pretty getting higher in that offensive line room, which is just more reason why Coughlin would not want to leave the 40 acres. Well, who, right, so who, who would be the 10, though? If he wants to get to 10, how is he going to do it? Um, so we know the first five, and then we know the, the, the second two, right? Because you got 
either Cam Williams will start or Hayden Connor. So that's two right there. And you've got right. Neto or, or Cole. So that's two equaling seven across the board with the starting five. Uh, so three more to get to 10. Who, who are we thinking there? Jaden Chapman, maybe we've heard good things about him. He was maybe the most ready of the previous class. So you can expect he's had, he's been a bit quiet of late. We just haven't checked on him. Uh, I would, I think he would be in the top 10. I, I do. I think Connor Stroh is in the conversation. I think they like a lot of what he brings. He's a big, strong kid, you know, play, plays the, plays the guard spots. Um, I know that, you know, some of these guys, they still trying to get them a little slim down, still trying to get them a little bit more into game yeah, shape. Some of those guys just got, see the, the big, the hesitation I have when they, the, the bigger they are, the fans go crazy. Look how huge that guy is. I start to cringe a little bit. I'm going, if this guy doesn't like to work, he's a total bust. If they don't work and you got to figure that out, that's part of the evaluation. I'm, and I don't worry about Connor Stroh working. You know, he that kid loves football. He loves the gym. Um, but you've got to, you know, those guys come with some risk. You know, the, the bigger they are, the, the better the mental evaluation has to be. Otherwise, you know, it's just not going to happen for them. Uh, Connor Robertson at center, he, he could yeah. be uh, part of the 10, right? Uh, even though they expect very big things out of Daniel Cruz in relatively short order, uh, you know, probably after this year. Uh, I think they can get to 10. It's going to be it's going to be fun to chronicle that starting five. It's going to be one of the stories of spring ball, though. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I'm glad you mentioned Daniel Cruz, because that was another guy that we had heard had, had already kind of been turning heads. And we obviously put him, you know, we, 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 we said that's the center take. We knew that's kind of how kind of Kyle Flood wanted it in that in that cycle. But I wouldn't be surprised to see Cruz playing a number of spots, maybe early just for reps just for experience because he actually can play other spots. He only, I think they focused on him at North Richland Hills, Hills at center just to help him out, you know, going into his career at Texas. But I think Cruz can play a little bit of that as a little bit. Of uh, he can, he well. definitely got the traits to play guard. It's just, you know, where, where does he maximize? You know, as far as the NFL goes, it's probably center, but he can easily play guard. There's little doubt about it. You know, it's uh, he can, he's got that big butt and wide base uh, that you want at guard. He can anchor. Uh, he'd be very athletic on the pull. You could tell his athleticism playing center. So he could be a really good guard. I think his ultimate upside, and we're talking 10 years down the road, uh, is the NFL. Hey, the more I hear good things about Daniel Cruz, and we're not surprised by him, the less I feel animosity about the Casey Poe recruitment. You never should have felt bad about that. It's just your East Texas bias. East Texas bias. Yeah. If Daniel Cruz lived bias. down the street from me, if, if, if Daniel Cruz lived down the street from me and, and Poe was in Dallas, you'd feel the, the exact opposite. I don't know. No, that's not fair, but it's probably true. Gentlemen, thank you so much, uh, Eric, for joining me today. For, for, for fans, thank you so much for watching uh, our, our, this edition of Inside the Program. Please like and subscribe to the Inside Texas Football YouTube channel. And also, please come see us at InsideTexas.com. We are running a special right now, $1 for a month. Give us a chance to earn your business. It's only a dollar. And, and listen, there are so many good things happening. Winter workouts are, are really kicking off. We're getting great info from there. The recruiting cycle has really taken off. We saw a number of offers going out to 2025 and 2026s over the last week with Sark and his guys on the road. Be sure and check out all those updates at InsideTexas.com. Once again, thank you to Andre the Lawyer, our man. Uh, if you get in trouble, be sure and check, be sure and give him a call. And at the end of the day, though, hey, come see us at InsideTexas.com. Thank you for joining us, and this has been brought to you by Inside Texas Football YouTube channel powered by InsideTexas.com.